What's up, DGens? Welcome to another episode of Kyabogenesis, Trial by Fire. Please make sure you check out our Twitter, at Kyabogenesis, for all updates pertaining to the show. Now, let's get it started. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Nine God, and welcome to another episode of Kyabogenesis, Trial by Fire. And with me, as always, we have the Chief Justice of the Underground Citadel himself, Melon Apple, and we have a very special guest for you guys today. We have Rug Revenants, the creator, Tony, with us. Tony, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Absolutely. Um, my name is Tony. Nice to meet you, Tony Valgersell. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I almost said rugged. I'm, uh, I'm doxxed on my uh, personal uh, Twitter, which is at tvalk. Um, you can find it on the Rug Revenants uh, um, Twitter feed as well. Uh, I worked at uh, Nintendo, Amazon, and EA Sports for a long time, about 12, 15 years uh, between those companies. Um, at Nintendo, I did a bunch of big data stuff. Um, at Amazon, I did a bunch of video games, marketing, uh, and product stuff. Um, most notably, I, I was on the team that created a program called Twitch Prime, which is the the set of Prime benefits that uh, core gamers get if, they, uh, if they're part of that program. Um, at EA Sports, I created a program called Mutt Rewards, which is the loyalty program for Madden Ultimate Team, uh, still in, in use today. Uh, and I also uh, worked on the eSports program there, uh, as well as some stuff with the, uh, the mobile titles. So I've been working in games for a long time. I uh, quit my job in Web2 earlier this year to uh, pursue a, a full-time gig um, with a bunch of my buddies uh, in Web3. We've started a game publisher. Uh, the Rug Revenants is our first full feature title. Um, we are also uh, the owners and operators of a 2D metaverse called Savannah uh, on the Solana ecosystem. So um, having a lot of fun, building a lot of games, and um, excited to be here with you all today. That's an impressive resume, sir. It's that oh, wait, transition so you're from, the like, from Web2 to Web2. I was going to say, yeah, if you're spending money in Madden Ultimate Team or FIFA Ultimate yep. Team, I, I, was, uh, oh. I did a lot of oh, that. Man. I did a lot of that. Yeah. We actually had a... Uh, we actually had a um, a letter framed from a principal at a, at a middle school at one point. Um, he'd sent it to the CEO of, of EA and then he said, hey, please find a way to block um, uh, EA, EA Sports mobile games, specifically Madden NFL football, uh, from our school campuses because we can't get the kids to stop playing uh, in the middle of the school day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I played so much of FIFA and the Madden, especially the mobile. Oh, God. But, all right, sorry. Don't let me distract from what's going on. Go ahead, Melon. <laughs> I mean, I would say that's a good use of your time more than just sitting in class and learning all these things in high school, for sure. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm biased because I, I just feel like when I was in high school, I spent a lot of time just, I mean, a lot of my friends were actually made on in online communities, you know, and uh, the way that my social life kind of expanded from there has largely been you know, on like uh, social media platforms like uh, like Steam, where you have like your friends list. Uh, Discord a little bit later uh, in my life when I started playing like competitive Go. Um, but in terms of like hanging out, definitely Steam and uh, a lot of these like gaming platforms were the, where I spent a lot of my time. And uh, I mean, I did all my homework and stuff, but that's that's where I have the fondest memories to be honest. So I, I have to thank you as opposed to nine who seems to want to write you a letter that you can hang <laughs> up on your wall. 
But uh, I appreciate it. How's that transition from the web two gaming space to the web three space? You know, it's been, it's been wild to be honest. Um, one of the things I'm finding is that like a lot of the things that worked in web two from a marketing perspective, just like don't work in web three. And so I'm, you know, you're figuring out how to, how to scale things like this, right? How to create more opportunities for us to just be uh, on Twitter spaces, interacting with the community as much as possible. Um, you know, running things like game nights where, where myself and the rest of the team are available on voice chat to hang out and, you know, both answer questions about the project, but just, you know, be present and, and constantly um, be around and, and talk about the project and answer questions. And also remind people that like, we're real people with, you know, that, that are fully doxxed. And, you know, my daughter spends a lot of time on the voice chat with me during discord game nights. Cause uh, you know, she lives in the house with me and um, we're, we're all pretty transparent about who we are and, and where we're at. So um, I think that has been uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest change, you know, I, I due to the nature of what I was doing at Amazon, I'm like, I was all over Reddit all the time and I was all over Twitch all the time. So I'm pretty familiar with being embedded in communities. Um, but this is still even a, a kind of a layer deeper than that, where like, I, I feel like I'm on discord constantly or I'm on Twitter constantly. I'm on discord and Twitter right now, actually, uh, you know, talking to you and, and, you know, looking at what's going on in my community at the same time. So, um, I would, I would say the level of hands-on interaction with the community has been the biggest shift. Um, even as someone, like I said, who was pretty hands-on as a community person in web two, it's even more so here in web three. Yeah, I think we've all felt that to some extent. If you're a project manager or just in a in a team that manages an NFT project, it's just that um, to some extent, I think it's unhealthy. <laughs> but to some extent, that's also kind of the beauty of NFT projects, that you have this community that you're always conversing with, that you're always having this back and forth with. And when you're building things out, you integrate it a little bit. And I think that comes with like the decentralization aspect that is so ever so present in Web3. Um, and when, when you're developing, you know, different utilities for your NFTs or for your fungible tokens, uh, as a lot of projects do these days, uh, you don't want to just build out the vision that you have you want to integrate other people's visions and other people's opinions because ultimately what you want is a community focused project yeah 100 and you know i think the the thing i like about it is that you know in web 2 the quote-unquote good in my opinion game developers um will find ways to take community input pretty directly and get it into the game and, and they do that in a number of ways you know i worked with a guy at ea uh his name was Brian Geckler, I think. Um, he uh, he ran the the UX research department. He was awesome, and he'd have like twenty uh, EA Sports gamers come in every month and like literally sit down in our room and play the game. And he'd watch them play and ask them questions. And you know that and th that was the mechanism by which they absorbed feedback from the community and got it into the game. And that was cool and super intentional. But like in in Web three and Discord, like I'm hanging out with. I mean, a bunch of the people in the audience right now are are. Rug Revenants community members, Manic Queen, Blazing Carry, Brian Gaines down there. Um, these are all folks that have been hanging out in our Discord and playing the game and giving us feedback that is really shaping how the game is coming together in, in real time. Um, you know, Manic Queen is one of our mods, uh, and I, I think that that she lives in in Discord with uh, with her partner uh, Star, who's another one of our mods. And between the two of them, they've they've you know contributed probably 
three or four features to the game already, right? Um, but we have a we have a level right now, for example, that has traps in it and it shoots fireballs out and it's it's like not super beatable right now. So we're trying to figure out how to balance it to make it fun without just making it easier. Um, and, and they provided me with like a battery of, of suggestions that, is, that are gonna end up directly in the game, right? We're gonna be able to, uh, you're gonna be able to attack the things that shoot the fireballs out and rate limit the way that they fire the fireballs. And that's all coming straight from the community. Um, and so that's, you know, that's cool. It's a way, it's a, it's a really fun way to, you know, directly um, uh, take the the fun that you're trying to distill uh, from the people who are who are playing the game and get it into the game. Yeah, and um, I guess I don't know exactly what this game is. Um, so you said it was sort of like Mega Man. So does that mean that it's like a platformer with uh, like progressions in, in the Metrovania style, uh, where you like actually unlock new abilities and that allows you to go back to levels that you've done before, but like reach areas that you actually weren't able to access previously? Um, is that the sort of game that you're building? Yes and no. Um, I, when I say Mega Man, that's why I say really the boss fights from Mega Man um, or the game Tower Fall, which is really more like like what it is. But um, if you remember the boss fights from Mega Man, you're in like a, a, a room, right, with a, with a boss and they're jumping around, shooting stuff at you. Imagine that, but with more platforms and a slightly bigger space and monsters are spawning and you're fighting those monsters. And at the end of a, a series of waves, a, a boss monster shows up and you fight that. Um, and you're controlling a 2D character that jumps around a screen. Uh, we are gonna build side-scrolling levels that look truly like Mega Man levels in Metroidvania, like what you're describing. That's like Q4. What's launching in July um, is gonna be more, again, like I said, the um, the one, one screen per level, uh, waves of enemies spawn, you kill each wave of enemies, and then a boss spawns and you fight the boss. Um, and you'll control nice. characters that look like the little cat that I have on my screen here as my PFP. <laughs> so is it kind of like a bullet hole? Um, less of a, less, yeah, like, yes, you know, I call, I'm calling it a platform shooter, but like, yeah, it's, um, you're going to be jumping around. It's very frenetic. You're dodging a lot, jumping on the heads of the enemies. All of the enemies in the game are actually rugged NFTs that, that we have in, uh, in wallets from, you know, various projects. And so we've, the idea is that you'll be you'll be destroying rugged NFTs throughout the course of the game, and then uh, at the end of the game, you'll be able to burn your rugged NFT for a valuable one. But um, yeah, you know, the, it's very very simple controls: uh, W uh, A S D to move, spacebar to jump, and then um, we have a number of different key bindings for um, for shooting. You can use a, a controller. Uh, we have one person uh, that uses an arcade stick, like one of the like a big Cory arcade stick. Um, and we also have uh, keyboard and mouse support. So you can play with, with pretty much any uh, controller input that you want. Cool. So it looks like you're really building out like a, a like a real game as opposed to a lot of these games that are, exist on Solana, which are more of like the stake and set sort of games, which is good because I feel like that's where games need to be. And if you're going to create a community around a game and then, you know, apply Web3 to it, then that's the sort of mindset you need so in terms of the web3 integrations like what's your philosophy behind that and why do you think that uh well first of all what made you want to jump into the web3 space as opposed to staying in web2 for gaming and then in terms of rugged revenants uh how does web3 actually enhance the experience that a player would have uh as compared to if it was built on a web2 platform such a good question and I'm, this is what i'm really fired up about so 
you'll notice I haven't actually talked about our mint, right? Like all the stuff I've talked about, like you can go do right now. You can show, you can go to my website. It's linked to linked from the profile and you can play levels one through three of our game. Um, you can go, if you join our discord, um, if you want whitelist, you just play the game and share a screenshot and we give you whitelist. And we're already doing when to earn. If you beat level two with a mod watching, we just hand you one Solana. Um, so, you know, we've given away like over a hundred soul so far to people who have just beat the demo. Um, and we're, and we're going to keep doing that. We're really, we're all about, you know, shooting, shooting Solana out of cannons and shooting NFTs out of cannons at our audience. But, um, so right now, the, and this is a long way to answer your question, but it's, I think it's important context. So right now we are effectively a web two game and the web three mechanics we have are super manual. If I watch you beat the game, I will hand you one Solana. Um, and, and during game nights, if, if you achieve things, we will hand you free NFTs and free Solana. Um, in July, when we mint our playable character NFTs, the 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 Web3 enhancements will come online. Those will include <clears throat> a couple of things. One, uh, the ability to burn the rugged NFTs and then win valuable NFTs from our loot boxes. Um, that'll be the the primary thing I think people are most excited about, being able to burn a rugged NFT and getting a, you know, a, between a $20 and a $200 NFT in exchange. In exchange, I think will be exciting. And then um, from a gameplay perspective, we have a whole bunch of shit we're doing. One, um, we are going to, uh, if you beat level one, then you will get a Genesis collection NFT. It basically looks like an incubator. Um, and that incubator will unlock a bunch of stuff. It'll give you extra health when you're playing the game. It'll serve as like a whitelist key for all of our future, uh, for all of our future drops. Um, it'll serve as, and that, you know, that whitelist will offer a discount and early minting and all kinds of stuff. Uh, for our playable character NFTs, which are these the little cat PFP that you see here, um, each one of our each one of our partners that we work with, uh, we develop the way that we work with with partner projects is we develop a custom level and a custom set of playable characters for every partner that we work with. So we have the Dope Cats as partners right now. Uh, we have Pixel Bands. We have the High Roller Hippo Club, or sorry, High Roller Hippo Click, uh, and we have the Cyber Samurai uh, group. Sorry, and we also have the buddies uh, group that is announced that, that that we're all like officially announced, and we're definitely doing stuff with. And what we've what we've done is we've created, like I said, custom levels for each one of those uh, projects, um, and then three types of characters: a free-to-play character, which anyone can play as. So for the dope cats, it's this little pink cat. For the for the rockers, it's this guy in a in a, a white tank top and a mohawk. Um, <clears throat> I haven't seen the hippo one yet, but I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, and then there's a, a second level, which is if you hold one of those one of those OG collections, if you hold a dope cat, if you hold a pixel band, if you hold a uh, cyber samurai, then you'll get to play like the quote unquote next level up uh, playable character. And then if you hold one of the one of the characters that we will mint in collaboration with one of those partners, my PFP right now is uh, one of the cats. We have a similar kind of reimagination of the pixel bands and a reimagination of the high roller hippos. Um, we, we will mint each of those as collections. <clears throat> and if you own one of those, you'll get to play as the actual uh, character that you mint. And that character that you mint will be upgradable. Like you'll, it'll have stats like health and damage and speed, you know, RPG stats that we're all familiar with as gamers. Um, and in order to increase those stats, you will earn our utility token. It's called rug token by playing the game. Um, and then you'll stake your Genesis NFT, which, like I was saying earlier, you get by beating by beating levels of the game um, with your playable character NFT and burn our rug token, and then it'll upgrade one of your stats. So you'll have more health, or you'll move faster, or like Mega Man, 
you'll unlock different elemental attacks to your uh, to your um, uh, your projectiles. You know, the cats will throw flaming hairballs. The magi- the musicians will fire flaming uh, notes or ice notes or or whatever. Um, the the hippos. I actually haven't seen what the hippos' attacks are yet, but I, I imagine it'll be something you know related to throwing a, a top hat or or you know i don't know actually i have no idea what they're gonna do with the fucking hippos but i think it's gonna be sweet but we'll add elemental attacks to them um so anyway so the there's a lot of web3 shit going on from earning nfts through gameplay that then add utility to the gameplay uh to burning rugged nfts and winning valuable nfts uh to staking the nfts that we allow you to mint um and and upgrading them we have we have a whole bunch of different stuff and, and you asked why i'm excited and the reason i'm excited is because all that shit i just talked about is like stuff that has has been happening in web2 for a while but it, it is just not nearly as fun when uh, you can, it, it's not as fun uh, earning something in web two that you can't then uh, create ongoing value around as, as you can in web three. So what I, what I, what that word salad means is like, you know, in, in web two, I have, I have a six year old and I also have a six year old uh, league of legends account um, that I, I haven't touched in six years. And it has like $5,000 worth of league of legends skins and stats on it. And, and runes and all kinds of shit that I've customized. And like, I got, I wish I could sell that thing right now. And, and I would, I would part with it, you know, fondly and with sadness, but I would totally sell it right now if I could. Um, and I'm sure I could, I'm sure I could go online and find a way to eBay my league of legends account. But like, I wish it was just an NFT that I could sell to Seabass, right? And say, Hey, here's my, my, you know, eight years worth of going to video game shows and collecting, you know, Jack skins from, from the Riot Games booth. Like that, I, I don't know. That's that's what I get fired up about, and we're going to be able to do that for people, right? Like a year from now, people who have played Rug Revenants and upgraded their their Revenant and made it, you know, badass to the point where, you know, a, a child could play the game and win a free NFT and onboard to Solana, will be able to sell that to someone for hundreds or thousands of dollars if uh, if they if they if they choose. And I think that's super cool, and I want to enable that. I think uh, I think that's a worthy goal, and uh, when when you get into like the play to earn space, definitely uh, ownership of NFTs and winning NFTs and all that is very important for the games economy. Um, in terms of you know what what I'm concerned about uh, in terms of building out play to earn games, especially in the Solana ecosystem, is um, who really are the players? Are 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 there going to be kids uh, playing this game, and is it even legal to allow them to play games where they can actually earn nfts um i'm not sure what the implications there are um i'm not sure i, I mean maybe you could shed some light on that um but in terms of like you know the demographic of and the market for these sorts of games that are active play um do they exist on solana right now um it feels like every single project that has tried to build a game on Solana hasn't done very well. Whereas these staking games where, I mean, I see it sort of as a reflection of the market here, which is uh, adults with too too little time on their hands. You know, <laughs> they're busy doing their day-to-day stuff and they just want to be on Discord at work or something rather than actually having to play a game, right? So when, you, when we're talking about that, we probably have to um, look outside the Solana ecosystem to create a community that will actually play the game. Uh, and have you guys thought about that and the ways that you can actually bring a market to Solana rather than to try to find people within the Solana ecosystem who are into playing these sorts of games? Yeah, that's, you know, it's a great point. And that is exactly our strategy, to be frank. 
Um, you know, we have a we have a media budget that includes going and, and finding gamers, you know, who want to play free to play games and are uh, curious about NFTs um, and and bringing them in, like as using our game as an onboarding ramp for Solana is really our vision, right? And that's the thing that we've that we've sold to our investors, and the reason why we've created the amount of runway that we have um, is because we, you know, we really believe in the same way uh, that Steam and Valve brought PC gaming kind of back into the mainstream zeitgeist um, that we can do the same thing for uh, for web 3 or the, you know the way mobile gaming kind of broadened the the um, uh, the gaming ecosystem into more than just core gamers we, th- we think that there's an opportunity to do that for web 3 as well and the way that we're going to do that is by creating a series of fun free-to-play game experiences um, that that provide both um, interesting and exciting uh, game um, gameplay. I think I just use gameplay twice in a sentence. I'm sorry, but um, and but also provide the opportunity to engage with the Web3 rewards layer if they want to. And, and the way that we're talking about doing that right now um, is really by partnering with folks like like uh, Fractal, if you're familiar with their uh, their wallet technology, um, to uh, do things like create non-custodial Phantom. Sorry, I keep saying Phantom non-custodial Solana wallets um, that live behind uh, more traditional. Uh, logins like Discord and, and Google, and then allowing players to again play and actually earn, um, you know, using these non-custodial wallets, and then uh, engage with the rewards layer, um, kind of ex post facto, um, if you will, after the fact, um, as we as we push that that messaging towards them, but kind of in the same way. And again, I, I come from the Web two mobile gaming and the Web two live service gaming Madden Ultimate Team, FIFA Ultimate Team space. You know, these are not revolutionary tactics that i'm talking about here right like there's a there's a a funnel that i helped build um that describes moving someone from a 60 dollar i just purchased madden or i just purchased fifa player to a i'm playing fifa or madden ultimate team and spending five to six hundred dollars a year uh in the game right like um those are those are known those are known motions i helped like i said i helped build a lot of them um and that's the kind of stuff that we're going to try to try to apply here right we're going to go hustle and find audiences that want to play free-to-play games. They're out there. They exist. They're they're active in you know the millions of users every every day. Um, and we're going to try to pull them into this into this space and then show them, hey, you've 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 done this. You've earned this this thing that looks kind of like a skin in Fortnite, which is a game you're familiar with, or a, a card a pack in Madden Ultimate Team that you're familiar with. Um, and the way that you that you get that thing or the way that you use that thing is by engaging with one of these. You know, we'll call it marketplaces to to trade or sell or upgrade uh, that thing. Um, so, you know, I, I say this with a high level of confidence, like I like I can read the future, or I can tell the future. Obviously, I can't, but um, that's our strategy. Our strategy is to apply many of those those free to play live service mechanics to this space and attract a player base that that wants to engage with living, breathing game economies um, that offer fun gameplay and a strong community. And we and we think that that exists beyond web beyond just the web three investor space. Oh, it definitely does. And I, I, always, I would go as far as to say that that sort of community exists stronger outside the web three space right now than web three and then you know the ones already in web three. Um, when it, when you did your like market research, uh, did you you know, come across any sort of resistance uh, from Web2 gamers uh, that, you know, that you want to get into the Web3 space at all? Yes, it is uh, Web3 right now. And that's why I've been telling people, and I, I truly believe, 
it is in exactly the position that mobile gaming was in 15 years ago. I can't even say 10 years ago. I'm old as shit. But like, you know, early 2000s, <laughs> mobile gaming was Don't tell anybody like, you're real, real age, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, um, you know, mobile gaming was just like weird thing that like no one had, no one understood in, in the early 2000s, right? Maybe it was a little bit earlier than that. But like, I think of like the Infinity Blades of the world and like, these games that were just like super high fidelity and, and spent, they spent tons of money on. Um, and they were basically like, you know, $6 titles that you could buy once and then engage with and, and carry around on your phone for a while. And they, you know, they were fun experiences. I, you know, I, I still have all of the final fantasies on my phone and I play them all the time. Um, but really the thing that, that mobile gaming paved the way for was this idea that you could sell someone a video game or give someone a video game for free and build a company around the content that you created ongoing around that, around that game content, right? Like, you know, it was no longer buy a game for $60 and then hope that they make an expansion pack that you could then buy for $40 that doesn't suck, right? Um, it was, you know, try the game out, don't spend a dime. And if they don't earn your dollars through awesome gameplay and compelling storyline and a strong community, then you never have to pay anything and the, and the game dies, right? And, you know, that, that dynamic that I just described sounds a lot like it should anyway to anyone on the call sound a lot like the dynamic around starting a web three project, right? Like you, you put something together, you, you get people to try it out, you, you, um, or, or you don't, or you, you know, get people to like the idea of maybe wanting to try it out one day and that's what you sell on. Um, but then you go to market and, and either, you know, people engage and, and buy your thing and spend the money and fund your project or they don't. Um, and so, you know, we want to, um, we, we want to, like I said, we we believe that we can go and create those same type of really fun, sticky Web2 kind of game experiences that are, I like the way you put it, super enhanced by Web3 mechanics. Um, and the, the enhancement's going to come in the form of uh, playable things or playable characters that you can upgrade through um, through gameplay and sweat equity or dollars. Uh, that then live on the blockchain that you can transfer value from uh, from one user to another with. So in terms of that, uh, do you do you see any like technical challenges uh, facing, you know, especially on the Solana network where we're experiencing congestion on a weekly basis now? Um, do you feel like, you know, doing any sort of like metadata updates? Um, like how big do you feel like your audience will grow? And uh, will the network be, you know, um, I guess, is, is the Solana network the right choice? Like, why did you choose the Solana network rather than uh, something like Binance Smart Chain uh, for, for your project? We all bow to the TPS. Um, but, uh, you know, I, we chose Solana because um, the I, I believe that the problems with the Solana blockchain that, that they're facing right now have to do, that, I think they're super solvable. And I think that, you know, without armchair quarterbacking the Solana team's efforts. And I, by the way, I don't know anyone over there, so I'm not I, I'm not like a Solana shill by any means. But um, I think that the problems that we're seeing are solvable largely through like policy and again, like knowable software, um, software that's been written and, and, and built by people before. Like, And when I say that, I mean like when I hear people talk about uh, TPS being blown up by bots, like I was talking about that at Amazon in 2010 when we were selling like Battlefield games, right? And people were trying to bot, <coughs> bot our pre-order system to get a bunch of uh, Steam or Origin keys for for the next Battlefield game. 
and like there's a guy Jer- uh, Jeremy is one of, one of my good buddies Jeremy Bird just moved to uh, Kansas City and just he just quit Amazon his whole job at Amazon for years was to like control the the, the bots and throttle the bots and make sure the TPS that uh, didn't pull down several Amazon services right um, when we launched uh, the the um, uh, the Fortnite skins for Twitch Prime like we pulled all of Amazon Prime down for several hours and like we were on what's called a Sev one where we had like everyone at Amazon on a call talking about how the TPS uh, was on some downstream service was screwing everything up and we had to fix it so that we could we could put the prime uh, ordering pipeline back up right um, and I so like I said like I, I hear the craziness going on with uh, the Solana blockchain and, and all I hear is like oh that's like an opportunity for some of my friends at Amazon to go get a huge equity stake in Solana as principal software engineers and solve that problem for them in like a week. So it's, I don't, I don't view it as like, a thing. <laughs> please, right. please send them over. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the team over at uh, Mecha lab is currently working on like a layer two solution for Solana. Right. But, um, and maybe we should talk about that if there is no solution, you know, that the layer one provides, uh, but in terms of, you know, actual upgrading actually upgrading the solana network i mean if you can get some friends over there who are capable and have solved problems like this already then i'm sure i can get you in touch <laughs> i mean they're actually. all looking man i you know i hear i hear all the time like i said my buddy jeremy just just bounced out of amazon he's like hey let me know when when i mean you can, i'm not sending to solana i want him to come work for me but um but yeah i mean like Honestly, if there's if, if you ever talk to anyone at Solana and they're like, and I'd be shocked if they if your friends ever said this, but they're like, we just can't find any good distributed systems engineers to come solve our TPS problem. Like, please do just put them in touch with me, and I will start putting them in touch with disgruntled Amazon engineers tomorrow. Yeah, the turnover rate at Amazon is crazy. I heard that it's almost over a hundred percent now. Uh, oh, dude! When I was when I was there, if you made it past like nine months, you were it was you know you you were like a veteran. We called it the uh, we had a graph. It was like a, 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 a what's it called a, a line chart, and it was like a hump. And we called it the uh, the graph of declining expectations. And you're like you start and you're like oh man this is great I'm gonna change the world. And then you get to the top of the graph and you're like oh I actually don't know anything. And then you start going down and you're like oh shit like this is this is crazy I gotta leave. And that's like the nine month mark. Yeah, I heard I heard there's like some unrealistic expectations like, hey, come in, you're a new software developer, create a new front end in a week that works perfectly and can be integrated into every single one of our systems. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe my maybe my brother was exaggerating, but I don't know. I don't know <laughs> I don't know if it was if it's quite that aggressive, but I do I do know that like we had, you know, when I was there, we had times when we'd have engineers come in that were wildly successful at other companies. And look up after their like first week or second week and be like, this is just not for me. So, you know, it's it's, it's very possible that kind of dynamic exists across different teams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, building a, a technical team is always difficult. And when you're on that scale, like, I don't even know what the challenges could be. I'm sure you would know better than me. It was a lot of fun, Since man. We I'm not going to lie. You know, I found that those those crazy times, like we were all sitting, I remember, I can still remember when we pulled, we had that, that problem where we pulled the whole Prime Network down. And we're all sitting around and we were at, we had a game room and there were like 12 software engineers, me, our product guy, one of our QA guys. And we're all just like hanging out in this room, eating pizza till like three in the morning. The, yeah, I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing anything technical. I don't, I wasn't writing software trying to, I didn't, I had no idea what downstream service was broken or whatever. I was literally like ordering pizza and playing FIFA with people when they got sad. Um, and, uh, 
those were like some of the best times though. And that, and that's why, you know, you ask about, oh, is Solana the right network? Is Solana the right chain? I, I think so. I think that um, the when I think about things that, that make a game successful, one of the things that makes a game successful in my mind is a high volume of transactions. And when I say, I don't mean just buying stuff. I just mean like doing stuff in the game, right? Players earning things and spending the things that they're earning and upgrading their characters. Those are all transactions that require the game to talk to the server or the game to talk to the client uh, and for updates to be made in some sort of way for like zeros to change to ones and ones to change to zeros. Um, and I don't see any other layer ones right now that uh, that that approach the level of flexibility that I see from from the Solana chain. Um, and that being said, you know, I've been here for I've been in the space for seven months. So like I'm also, um, I, you know, I, I looked around, I did some research and I made a bet. Um, yeah. I mean, let's hope so, man. And uh, the one thing that I really, you know, I really want to see in cryptocurrencies, uh, not just Solana, but every other chain is that we start to get more integration into these real world items because that's where we want to be. Or we're just going to be the, the sorts of people who take liquidity from the ecosystem and then we have to pay our bills and stuff. So then we... Where we become like the selling pressure, right? But if there, you know, are ways that we can integrate Solana into, you know, buying or paying for rent or something, I don't know, like real world utilities. I feel like that's that's something that's necessary, and I feel like the rate of growth that we're experiencing right now has to be met with growth in adoption in the real world. But that that's sort of something that um, I'm a little bit worried about in terms of the entire blockchain industry but uh what are your thoughts on that yeah i think it's i think it's interesting and i think it's been a challenge that we've heard about and talked about since well before you know nfts um and, and really well before the anything other than than i mean you know it's been we've been talking about since bitcoin um i think that what we're seeing now though with kind of the the broadening of the funnel and the the inclusion of so many what I'll call normies uh, into this space um, is, is going to be a much greater level of adoption for things like retail purchases online using cryptocurrency, right? Like there are just a bunch of people that we're not aware of or engaged with crypto now that are as a function of Solana um, that I think are going to be a lot more ready to transact uh, uh, with uh uh, from a, for retail stuff um, using using crypto and, and I think that's another again another advantage of the Solana ecosystem is that you can you know you can facilitate those transactions for pennies instead of dollars which is super important from a just from a marketplace perspective um, but like I don't know if you if you've looked at any of the distributions on on the some of the services that are out there that help track um, you know how people are buying uh, on marketplaces but um, something like uh, 80% of Solana transactions, I think, are like, you know, less than $100. Um, and so, you know, oh, sorry, one second. My daughter just tripped. Yeah. Oh, I hope your daughter's okay. <laughs> um, I feel like that's that's really significant. Uh, when you're looking at 80% of the transactions being under $100, that's, that's the sort of transactions that you would expect to occur in the real world. And when you have that sort of adoption, then... It, it just kind of becomes normal for people to use Solana. Like for me, going on Phantom and conducting a transaction 
it's a little bit frustrating because sometimes the network is slow, but you know, it's, it's almost as natural as swiping a visa card now. Um, and that's sort of where we want to be. I think she's okay. She's okay. <laughs> that's good. She was coming down to get the pad. Um, but no, and I think that's right. And that's where I was going with that is like the, the, the transaction price point already being at a place where people start are like, think about their normal consumer spending threshold being is indicative. I think of like the market readiness for broad adoption for things like buying a $50 t-shirt or I mean, $50 t-shirts expensive, but, you know, $50 sweatshirt or, you know, $100 pair of jeans or $200 pair of shoes right like i i think there's a universe where you know step in starts sending people tennis shoes at one point right um like actual tennis shoes um and so you know like i i i don't see those i don't see it as as super far away right i think probably i think nike will probably get there sooner than any of us expect for as an example <laughs> yeah definitely those artifact sneakers are are dope i want to get one <laughs> and like I don't know, I don't know if you know, but like my my buddy, that guy Jeremy, I was talking about, he just moved to Kansas City. He's a big he's a big Chiefs fan, um, and he's been to the last couple of Super Bowls that they went to. Um, and like I think the last one, he said he got an NFT after the fact. They, they airdropped him some sort of Super Bowl ticket NFT. This is his first NFT, um, and uh, I, I think that's going to again become more and more the standard at these these large with these large organizations. And I think it's going to happen a lot faster than say Square Square or Apple Pay. I hope so. And I think the what we're doing, building games, you know, targeting the younger audiences, I think that's going to help a lot and set the foundation for like 10 years down the line when these guys are the ones who are going out and making, you know, purchases in their daily lives. They already have uh, I mean, it's all about education, right? So if you're already educated from a young age, then it's a lot easier to start seeing like the different applications of it down the line. And I think that's one of the reasons why technology has boomed so much is because, you know, that technology was implemented at such a young age. And now the people who, you know, grew up with these technologies are the ones who are able to use it in a much, I guess, more flexible way than a lot of these uh, older individuals. Yeah, sort of like how my five-year-old daughter knows how to use my iPad better than I do. Precisely oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> and she kicks like my ass. Old Hazel. She was just coming down here to get the iPad. And like, I don't know what she's doing. On. I mean, I, I, her, her grandmother's with her. So someone knows what she's doing on it. But like, she's she is way more advanced at, at using all things technology than certainly I was when I was a teenager. Yeah, certainly. Definitely. And uh, I was talking about, you know, how the Solana works to my parents and <laughs> they were just the first thing that they were shocked about was how many transactions actually take place in order to get from like for example like i was wormholing some binance smart chain stuff to solana and um in order to do that you need to go through like six seven steps and <laughs> they were just shocked uh, but it just seemed like so natural to me because uh you've been in the space for i've been in the space for so long that uh, yeah just seems like uh, second nature and i think that's also embedded in the fact that uh, i've been a gamer for such a long time in my life that I'm, I'm used to a lot of these like currency exchanges where i'm taking i don't know i played a lot of maple stories so i take these miso i use it to buy some kind of work glove i sell it again i upgrade and then i use it to buy a scroll and upgrade my item and then i sell the item for a, a higher price and then i use that to upgrade my character or whatever it's like <laughs> You know, like those sort of those sort of transactions, I feel like 
set me up. And I think that if we get more people uh, interested in that way and build these games that um, people can already start integrating their, their Web3 lifestyle into, um, I think that'll be beneficial for everybody in the future. Because I do think cryptocurrency is uh, going to be ultimately a plus for everybody because we all know the limitations of um I mean, I hope we all understand like the limitations of having currencies denominated in the U.S. dollar. And when you're looking at a global economy, having something more decentralized is definitely going to be something that uh, something that I personally am looking forward to. Yeah. And um, and Tony, with the with the rugged projects or the rugged NFTs, um. Does it have to be like, are you just going to have certain rug NFTs that you're going to accept or just like basically anything that qualifies as a rug? We're, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have an allow list to make sure that people don't like accidentally burn their SMBs. Um, but the, the list will be pretty, like we've been building it for months. We have a, in our discord, we have a rug suggestion or a rug, rug submission channel and we've been using that. And then we just kind of keep track of uh, rugs throughout the course of the the month, and and we're gonna add all of those to a to a list, um, and it's gonna be dynamic. So um, the short answer is there there it won't just be any NFT, and and uh, it'll be manual at least uh, initially the way that we add projects to the list. Um, are you gonna decentralize it to at some point uh, and have people actually be able to submit their own? hash lists and then be rewarded in some way and then um, maybe have an auditor come in and see you know uh, which projects are good and then reward them and then if they you know take it uh, note that some people haven't been you know doing stuff right then maybe penalize them in some way like are you looking to gamify or decentralize the process at all I hadn't thought about that at all We I had thought about making about I, we have thought and will automate the submission process beyond like just drop the drop a thing in a discord channel i had not thought about um finding ways to reward people who submit projects rug projects that are you know quote unquote good or 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 the right rug projects i like that though like if like if you if you are the person who submitted you know the balloonsville project i keep i use that as an example i know they're not rugged anymore but um and and that ends up driving uh x number of burns in a month or like x number of uh of of wins of nfts in a month the person who submits it gets like a free NFT or for some soul. I like that. I like that a lot. And I'm going to steal that from you. And so, so yeah, we weren't going to do that until 80 seconds ago. Um, but I, I'm, we're absolutely going to, going to figure out how we do that now. <laughs> Glad that I could contribute a little bit from the spaces to your project. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it's exciting what you guys are doing and, uh, I appreciate you for coming on and, and talking to our little audience here about it. And I, I did have a question. Um, so you guys also, are you also run the Savannah project or how does that? Yep. We are all one big happy family. Now us like rug revenants, Savannah and the dope cats, uh, are all part of the one kin labs, um, family, uh, Seabass up here as a speaker has pointed out many times that we need to get the one kin labs website, uh, up and running, but we're really, 
we, we're, a, we're a publisher, right? And so like our our brands are really, our, our front-facing brands are really the Rug Revenants, the Dope Cats, Savannah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're all a, a bunch of business and technology professionals that have come together um, and either uh, raised money or um, raised money through traditional VC funds or through primary issuance, uh, mint events, in the case of Dope Cats and Savannah. Um, and we're all operating, uh, we're, we all merged. We're all one company now. Awesome. I, I do like what you guys do with the, the Savannah has their spaces. What is it? The shark tank. Oh, I love shark tank. All right. And you know, if you guys ever do need a project that runs a Twitter space podcast, you know, a certain project that does it right now that you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, no, man, we'd love, <laughs> we'd love to have you guys on and we'd love, we'd love to have you guys on as a regular uh, we, we love to have your project on it, but then we'd love to have you guys on as a judge too, man. Like we, um, and I don't know if you're, I apologize. I'm ignorant on this, but like, I don't know if you all are in Savannah yet with avatars and a building and all that stuff. But, um, again, Seabass up here is, is my, my head of marketing and, and community for all three projects. Um, and if so, if you're not, um, in Savannah yet, we'd love to get you in there. And, and the process is pretty straightforward and, and meant to be easy. So, um, let's, let's get that figured out if we haven't. Yeah, I definitely think Mel would be a great judge. He's he'll he'll more be of a Simon. Uh, what's his name? Simon Cow. He's more yes. of a, right there. So <laughs> yeah, that's oh, just how I was born, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. Seabass, let's make sure we follow up with them on the Discord and get the, get the ball rolling. One hundred percent, man. Yeah, awesome. I'm more than glad to. I already sent you guys a follow. It is up with the follow that we can get that. I'll take down. And hi, everybody. I'm Seabass. I hadn't introduced myself. I kind of just popped in here unannounced and started talking. Hi, Seabass. No worries. How's it going? <laughs> Thanks for joining. <laughs> nice to meet you. And if you guys ever want to bring, I know Melon wants to um, like kind of have a conversation about Savannah. So if you guys ever have another day, you know, that you're free, we go. If you guys want to set that up. Yeah, a hundred percent. We'll get on here with Savannah as well. Um, we'll get on here with Retri and myself and talk about the roadmap and pet battles and mount races and all kinds of stuff. Ooh, pet battles. That's something I want to listen to. All right. Coming in July. Let's make it happen. Ooh. July's not that far away. I know. Dropping the alpha. Uh, the person <laughs> who's designing uh, pet battles for us, his name is Matt Marku. Um, and I love saying this because it's such a baller thing to be able to say. Um, he invented LCS, the League Championship Series, when he was working at Riot Games. Uh, and he's coming on to build pet battles for us first, and then we're figuring out what the right um, long-term role for him is. Ideal, ideally, kind of like my role uh, as you know, executive producer, but um, for Savannah instead of Rug Revenants. Um, so we're we're really excited about uh, that his, that new addition to the team and some of the some of the stuff that we can talk about um, with Savannah whenever you have a, the opportunity. Yes, definitely. We'd be down to do that. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll kind of circle back, and I guess we'll connect after the spaces. But uh, for now, maybe uh, it's a good time to wrap it up, Nine. Yep. Yeah, before we wrap it up, um, Tony, do you want to give any closing statements or any anything to Just provide? Thanks, everyone, for showing up and hanging out. Again, if you show up in the Rug Revenants Discord um, and say that you came from spaces and, and just take a 
a little quick screenshot of you playing our game. We'll, we'll give you a whitelist. I think almost everyone here is from Rug Revenants. But th- I, the other thing I wanted to say is thanks for showing up and hanging out and listening to us. Manic, Blazing, Carter, uh, Brian, Claude. I see a bunch of the regular faces. Uh, Lance and Acolyte, I, I don't know if you're regulars in the Rug Revenant Discord, but I hope that you are. And if you're not, drop by and, and say hey and play some games with us and, and win some Solana. Ooh, Slew, I see you there as well. Awesome, thank you. And I should have this space up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts probably about by Wednesday. Just give me a few days for that. And I'll send you guys a link. But thank you everybody for coming today and listening to the Rug Revenants and i hope everybody's having a great memorial weekend or had a memorial weekend sorry a little hungover head hurts but (laughs) (laughs) my my, my head is pounding but thank you for everybody for joining us today this is another episode of kaiba genesis trial by fire episode 12 have a great one everybody be safe take care nine take over take care of that uh hangover oh yeah i'm about to go drink some liquid iv right now man my head is killing me (laughs) Later, guys. Yeah, you definitely got to see you. Later, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Kaibu Genesis Trial by Fire. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please check out our socials down in the description. And as always, stay safe, friends.